I want you to open your Bible with me today, if you have it with you. You can open your telephone or throw it on the ground or whatever. And I want you to look with me as we talk about the name that is above every name. I'm going to take you, first of all, to one of my favorite scriptures, John chapter 14, verses 1 through 4. Let not your heart be troubled. If ye believe in God, believe also in me, for in my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. He goes to prepare a place. Where I go, you know, and the way you know, if you know him. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. In Matthew chapter 24, we're going to go to our main text of the morning. And I want you to look with me at Matthew 24. And it, it would be good, I think... If you would just hold your Bible to that place and let me share some thoughts with you that are very, very clear in the Scripture. As we talk about Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords, is coming back to this earth again. And the Bible says, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now for some, that confession will be there, but it will be bad news. Because as I spoke to you last week on God's three deadlines, number one, when you die, there's no hope after death for you to get right with God. And then number two, Jesus is coming again. And then number three, the unpardonable sin. There is a sin that's a sin unto death. You might stop by the bookstore if you want to uh, order that CD of the message of God's three deadlines. But today, we're talking about number two. Jesus is coming again. Matthew 24, 14 verses. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came to him for to show him the building of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left one stone upon another, that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately saying, tell us, when shall these things be? And listen, what shall be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you not be troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted. They shall kill you. You shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another 
and shall hate one another. And many false prophets will rise and deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end shall be the saved. And listen to this. And the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all the nations, and then shall the end come. Jesus is coming again. In Luke chapter 21, verse 17, and you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. Again, the same words. The church of Jesus Christ in the latter days will be persecuted. It will be attacked. The church that sticks to the gospel will be attacked on every front, even from the religious community, that they should not be teaching about hell and heaven and repentance and the old rugged cross and the shed blood. They stop that stuff. That's not what people want. Hush that in the pulpit, but just preach the love of God and how God just loves everybody. And he just goes about just whatever will be, will be. And yet the Bible says just the opposite. The Bible, as I read to you a moment ago, says the gospel be preached in every nation. I told you when we were talking about the home going of Billy Graham, the one man preached in 150 countries of the world out of the 195. We're told now there are just very few places, if any at all, that have not heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. With the technology being what it is and us able to take things to various tribes in the world where you can set something down that gets power from the sun and people will gather by the hundreds to hear a simple gospel message in these latter days. We are living in a time where the signal from this pulpit right now is going all over the world. And if you have the equipment, you can pick up what is happening. Jesus is coming again. His prophecies are very, very clear, as we will see in a moment. And now we must stop and ask ourselves in the midst of all the pessimism, all of the gloom, and all the frustrations, is there a people that will believe the promise of Jesus that he's coming back to this world again? Is there such a people? Are you such a person? If you are such a person, do you care who goes with you to heaven? Or do you really believe that it's everybody else's business what they want to do? All I want to know is that I'm going to go. And when I know that I'm going to go, I'll just check it out and go take a vacation, retire from doing anything in the way of mission work. I'll quit giving. I'll quit coming. I'll quit serving. I'll just be still and know that God got something good when he got me. And everybody's looking at you and saying, what in the world has got into you? Now, I hear these words for those that think that, well, I just don't understand the Bible. I've tried to read it, and I don't understand it. You know what? When you know the one that wrote it, you'll understand it a whole lot better. Jesus said, I am going to prepare a place for you, and I will come again. Do we need to look at the verbs here? Do we need to give a definition of prepared place? Do we not understand I will come again and not know where is he coming to? I don't think so. 
I think that what we've done is we've gotten ourselves in a trap to where we've become so much like the world that we can't win the world because people can't tell us from the world. They don't know who's talking and who's saying what. When the Bible says, come out from among them and be separate, we say, no, let's go join them and then we're going to win them. No, they just won you. You're not going to win them. The only thing that bring you out of darkness is light. And you can't walk about in darkness but you can where there is light. And Jesus' second coming will be so revolutionary, it is going to change every aspect of life. You will never have a day, nor have I had a day, like the day when Jesus comes. What will happen after he comes will be totally different. The priorities will reverse when Jesus comes back to this earth again. Everything in our life will be important. We won't wonder what are we going to do on Sunday morning. Are we going to come and worship him or is there something else that's better that we've got tickets to go to or we'd rather go to? All of that comes into play when you think about Jesus is coming again. It will be so revolutionary that no one will say everything is status quo Everything's like it's always been. How you getting along? Oh, I'm just doing fine, just like always. The day Jesus comes is going to be different. The day he comes, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, Jesus Christ is Lord. I would challenge you today to contradict the fact that there's nothing on today's horizon or from contemporary thought that offers an alternate hope to solve the world's problems than Jesus to come back again. What's your plan? Well, I don't have a plan. Well, I do because it's in the book. The, the, the plan's simple. The Lord said, here's the deal. I'm going away, but I'm coming back soon. And when I come back, here's what you better be doing. This is what needs to happen to you. You need to work this into your plan, and since you don't know when it's going to come, why not start today? Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Isn't that an astounding thought? Say, well, I never thought of that. Oh, yes, you have. The second coming of Jesus is mentioned in every book in the New Testament, save four. There are 318 references to it and 216 chapters of the New Testament. That's pretty strong. It's kind of hard for you to say, well, Lord, I didn't see that when I was reading the Bible. Well, what did you? Well, I, you know, some of it got a little deep. They began to begat and begot and forgot and all that. And I got mixed up and I couldn't understand it. So I just kind of jumped through it. We'll start over again and count them. Over 300 times, Jesus, the book, says Jesus is coming again. For those that love the Old Testament and all of us do that study the Scripture, it was prophesied by Moses, Job, David, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, Zechariah, and Jesus himself. All of the apostles proclaimed it. Peter did. Paul did. John did. James did. Jude did. All of the writers taken together from cover to cover in the Bible. The truth that I'm trying to speak to you about today 
is true. Jesus is coming again. Don't give up. Don't get drunk and try to forget about it. Don't get hooked on drugs. Don't try to lose yourself. Don't try to to act like a fool and say, well, I'm only going around once in life. I'm going to get all the gusto I can. Well, you don't need any gusto. What you need is Jesus. And when you get Jesus, you can get a little bit of taste of what heaven's going to be like. And you know, every day you walk with Jesus, the more special heaven gets because you realize that this is what I've been looking for all my life. Now, heaven on earth will never be like heaven in heaven, but it'll be a whole lot closer. Every day with Jesus is what? Sweeter than the day before. Now, this subject that Jesus is coming again demands the attention and the respect of every single serious person that has any concern about God as he is known through Jesus Christ. So please continue to listen to me. The first time Jesus came was very quiet. The little manger. Bethlehem. You know the sweet, sweet story. Let me tell you something. When he comes back the second time, the show at halftime at the Super Bowl is going to look like an absolute flop. I mean, they won't be rerunning that one on the next day, I promise you. But when Jesus comes back again, the scripture says, as I said earlier, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, Jesus is Lord. The man that created the heavens and the earth, the God-man, the resurrected, ascended, and soon coming king, will come back to this earth and he will establish his kingdom and he will be the judge and he will determine what is right and what is wrong, what is true and what is error. He will come back unexpectedly, unexpectedly. The Bible says in a moment that you think not, Jesus is going to come back again. You can see the signs but not pointing right up to the exact moment when the trumpet will sound, the angels will shout out of heaven, and the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the shout and the voice of the archangels and the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. When Paul wrote the church in Thessalonica in the fifth chapter, verse 2, he said, For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. That's how quick it's going to be. There's going to be these general signs that I'll mention in just a moment. But the specific day or week, or, well, if you can give me three weeks' notice, I can get prepared for it. Some of you say, give me three minutes' notice, and I'll get prepared for it. I'll remember, I'll pray all the prayers, now lay me down to sleep. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. I'll say them all. You know, our Father who art in heaven, I mean, I got them all down. I'm just waiting to use them because I'm hoping to get a three-minute warning. We won't have a second of warning. Not a second, according to the Scripture. So here's my question. When Jesus comes, will you be ready? Question number two is, if Jesus comes before I get through this sermon, are you ready? Are you waiting for a more convenient time? That's what they did in the scripture. Many did, and they all died in their sins. Today is the day. And to look anywhere else is to play the fool. One morning on the Mount of Olives, the disciples were alone with Jesus, and and I can imagine, can you imagine being one of those guys and all of them not knowing if they're going to live the next day and they're going to be hung, crucified, or whatever? 
And they ask him an important question. They ask him, when shall these things be? Talking about the second coming. When, when are you going to come? They ask him, what it will be the sign of your coming? This is in the third verse of, of the 24th chapter of Matthew. What will be the sign and the end of the world? Tell us about it, Jesus. Now, they accepted the fact that he was coming. Now, what they wanted to know, the details. You know, some people just like to do that way. You know, if, if I'm going from here to San Antonio, I just want to know where San Antonio is. Some people want to know which freeway do you take and where's Katie and where's Seeley and, and on up the road, you know, and Seguin and right on into San Antonio. Who cares what you pass on the way? It's where I'm going. And I've learned, being the scholar that I am at my age, that if you get on Highway 10 and put the pedal to the metal, you will get to San Antonio even if you miss the details along the way. Even Bucky's. Okay? <laughs> But when these guys got with Jesus and they wanted to know, then when shall these things be? And what will be the sign of the coming? The Lord takes them into that, what we call prophecy or predicting what is going to happen. Now, before I show you those, let me recall some things for all of us. Did you know that when Jesus came the first time, there were all these prophecies as to when it was going to happen. Let me give you some of them real quickly. Number one, that, that Jesus, baby Jesus, would come out of the tribe of Judah. That's in Genesis 49, 9. Number two, he would be born in Bethlehem, Micah 5, verse 2. He would be born of a virgin, Isaiah 7, 14. He would be called out of Egypt, Hosea 11, verse 1. He would come as a prophet, Deuteronomy 18 and 18. His own people would reject him, Isaiah 59 and 3. He would make a triumphant entry into Jerusalem, Zechariah 9, 9. He would be betrayed and sold for 30 pieces of silver, Zechariah 11, verse 12. He would be put to death by execution, Psalm 22. His hands and his feet would be pierced, Psalms 22, 16. The soldiers would cast lots for his clothes, Psalm 22, 18. He would ascend unto heaven, Psalm 68, 18, that's pretty detailed. And every single one of those prophecies that were made hundreds of years before they took place, exactly to what it said. Right. Now that's biblical. That's what the Bible is. It isn't predicting, prophesying is this going to happen and I'm just telling you early, it's going to happen. Now everything that was predicted for the first coming came into play. So what I'm going to tell you is everything before the second coming that's prophesied will come in the same manner. In the same manner as you've seen me go, I'm going to come again to this earth to take my children home. Oh, by the way, the Lord did warn us about setting dates. Anytime somebody gets their calendar out and showing you when because of their biblical study, would you just get a migraine and go to the pharmacy and say, well, thank you, I'll talk to you later. Now, the Lord never gets over-pacific to some of us because some are so legalistic, we just go nuts. The Lord just simply says, I'm coming. I'm coming. Here's some signs. Get ready. The flowers are blooming. You know, all these kind of things. Get ready. In Luke 21, 28, it says, When these things began to come to pass, then look up, 
and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. When these things began to happen, watch out. The time is near. Number one, the mental state of the world. People will go absolutely nuts, to put it in Southern talk. Can you believe, can you in any way comprehend this civilization today? How do people ever think the way some people think? Jesus said two things were going to happen. Number one, in Luke 21, 25, upon the earth there will be distress of nations with perplexity. In other words, the nations are going to be confused. Can you show me a nation in the, on the planet right now that isn't confused? I mean, I don't care whether they got a king or a congress. They are confused. They are perplexed. They cannot figure out what in the world is going on. That's Luke 21, 25. Matthew 24, 10. It says, and then shall many be offended. They're going to betray one another. And they're going to hate one another. The psychiatrists have gotten so busy, they're treating each other now. And our world is so messed up. People are on the edge. We come back from our vacations tired. It takes three weeks to recover from a vacation. And yet we feel like, well, this is the way it's supposed to be. Well, the birds don't have that kind of depression we have. And God takes care of them. God has a way of just saying some things. that we won't listen to. I'll get in trouble by making this statement, but I'll make it anyway. Apathy will be the number one thing. I don't know and I don't care. You think our young people keep up with the news? You think they, they get up and watch the news at 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock in the morning, 10 o'clock at night? Do you think they give a rip what's going on in this world? No, no. Who's on the top of the chart? And what's the next movie coming out? And where's the new game coming out? And where's the next party? Who cares? Well, I'm not going to put down the teenagers. I'm just telling you that's a prophecy of Scripture. In the last days, apathy will sweep the land. As long as I can just get through one day at a time. Number two... Not only is there going to be a, a horrendous mental state when people would be so confused, we don't know what the stock market's going to do, but we do know Jesus is coming again. And do you know he's not going to look at your stock account? And he says, I'm going to take care of you with or without it. I'm your God, or is Wall Street your God? Am I your God, or is your political party your God? Am I your God, or do you have other gods? Well, I'm investing in gold and silver. Well, that's wonderful. It's heavy. I don't know how you're going to carry it around, but whatever. I'd suggest rocks if you're just going to carry it around, though. They're cheaper to buy. Uh, know where there's a lot of them for free. In Luke 17, 26, it says it's going to be like it was in the days of Noah. So shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. What was it like in the days of Noah? Wide open sin. Wide open sand. Are we not 
the most confused people about that of any generation. How in the world can our kids watch 50,000 murders by the time they're eight years old on the games they play and our teenagers turn on the television and go to the latest box office smash and somebody goes running around killing everybody, blood flying, heads flying off and all this kind of stuff and the best we can do, let's go register our guns. No, let's change the morals of the country. Why don't we do that? Why don't we, why don't we get honest about ourselves and say our nation has fallen apart morally and we dump this garbage on them and they don't know what is happening. They do not understand. They don't put the Bible with the culture and as a result, they're going to have to pay the price unless we have revival in America. And that's what I'm praying will happen. In Matthew 24, 10, it says, and there shall many be offended. They'll betray one another and they will hate one another. Then the moral state of the world, we are paying a high price to be entertained. But we keep on keeping on. Number three, there's going to be a falling away from the churches. Churches will decline and people will go back to their sins. I stand before you to, to tell you that the churches in America are declining drastically. Drastically. We have come up with a new thing we call church. And it leaves out most of what this Bible says. We have come up with some kind of religious social groups that get together. We saw more baptisms in this service than more than 50% of the churches will see in an entire year. In fact, 50% won't see one. They won't see one baptism. That's not their deal. That's not their deal. And this is exactly what the scripture says. It says, there will be many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many and they're all over the television screens, they're all over the nation, and they're all over the world, and people are pouring millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. Those that watch me on television know we never ask for money on television. Never, never, never. God will supply our need, and if God wants someone to send to what's going on at Sagemont, God bless them, and we'll use every penny of it to the glory of God. And I was showing some of our men this morning as you pick up the budget out there for Houston, of all of our Baptist churches in Houston, four Southern Baptist churches in Houston paid 71% of all the ministry of the Union Baptist Association. And more than 50% did not give one nickel. That's our world, our denomination. And yet we go around and saying, I just don't understand why things are like they are. Well, if everybody's singing about Jesus like we do, if everybody would just teach Jesus, if everybody just preach Jesus, everybody starts serving like Jesus, no telling what would happen. Because he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw people unto me. But if you lift you up, here they go. Now the Bible says, that Christians will leave their first love. We're there. We are there. I have lived when the church was the number one thing in the city of Pasadena. You dare not have a little league ball game. You better not have a, a, a municipality meeting on a Wednesday night and expect anybody from the churches to come because Jesus was first in everything, not anymore. 
We are now way back there somewhere. They could care less what the church thinks. That's their problem. What we're wanting to do is get people right with God. That's our goal. Get them right with God. Number four, the Bible says there will be an increase in lawlessness. In lawlessness. Verse 12 of Matthew 24. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. There's man's laws and there's God's laws. God's law says we're to keep man's law. And those Ten Commandments were not the Ten Suggestions. These things are what we are to follow, and we are to follow them knowing that God wants to bless His kids. He wants us to be effective in the world. He wants us to change the world like He changed the world, and like Paul changed the world, and like the disciples changed the world. And stories like Simon Peter, and like the stories we see in the baptistry here, that those things would continue and they'd be greater and greater and greater and greater. And number five, there will be scoffers come. Second Peter 3, verses 3 through 4, knowing this first, that scoffers are going to come in the last days, walking according to their own lust and saying, where's the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. In other words, there's the doubter. There's the one that says, well, I don't understand. You know, I, I, don't, I, I just can't believe this. I look at it. I, I read the paper. I listen to the news. I don't go to church much, but when I do, I don't really get anything out of it. And then they go their way. The critics. You know, we're on television every Sunday morning. That's tape. Living truth. We have a 10 minutes of how God touched the life of somebody we know. And there's 20 minutes to service. And you know when, when these gospel preachers preach, you know what they put on the screen? This program has been a paid program. That's right at the end. Why don't they do it about all the rest of the programs? They're paid for it too. What they're saying is don't associate the gospel with this station. We as a station don't want to be embarrassed. So we put the sign up. The only reason they're on TV is we don't agree with anything they said, but they paid to be on. Put it on all of the stuff then, including the Super Bowl. They pay to get on too. But that's the world, see. That's scoffers. That's the hypocrisy. But it's there. It is there. And then number six, there'll be wars and rumors of wars. We are sitting on a powder keg in the world. Matthew 24, 6 says, You'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. We perfected our weapons, but we hadn't perfected the people that are going to push the buttons. And I know that you know, if you watch the news every day, we are sitting on a powder keg. There are missiles flying through the sky, getting ready to drop them on somebody, and I don't know what you got to do to get one dropped on you. I don't know what we're mad about. You know, I, I don't have any beef with any nation of the world. I just love Jesus and love lost people. I want to see people saved. But we're mad about something because we're spending trillions of dollars while people are starving to death, preparing to kill somebody. And all I know is whoever pushes the first button, they're going to come in from every direction. And you better know that you know Jesus. King of kings and Lord and lords. He is going to take care of his kids. We've seen Hitler, Stalin, 
Bin Laden, Kim Jong-un, and we could go on and on with other names. They've all come across the scene, but there's never been a day like today when you can shoot a missile across the ocean and hit the people on the other side and wipe out everything there. We're on a powder keg. We need Jesus, folks. We need Jesus. If I was Jesus, I'd be thinking about coming today. This is the day the Lord's made, and I'm going to rejoice in it. But that verse 14, the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then shall the end come. I think that's the one thing that's holding us back. If we can just get and make sure that people have heard that Jesus loves them. So what am I going to do? What are you going to do? Prepare with urgency. Today is a day of salvation, the Bible says. Now is accepted time. Never put it off. Never put off. Matthew 24, 44 says, Therefore be you also ready, for in such an hour as you think not the Son of Man comes. And many of us are not ready. You are not ready. You must get ready. It's not if, it is when Jesus comes. As this little one in the baptistry, mother and daddy, you know how they got saved? Same way. The little one with childlike faith said, I believe there's a God, and by faith I'm going to trust him as my Lord and Savior. That's exactly what daddy had to do. The Bible says, unless you come as a little child, you will no wise enter the kingdom of heaven. You will never get smart enough. You'll never live long enough. You'll never have enough money to buy your salvation. You will never be good enough looking to win it with your good looks. And for some of us, that's a long shot for sure. <laughs> but one thing you can say is, Jesus is coming. Not only as King and Kings and Lord of Lords, but he's coming as my personal Savior. And he would have come if it would have been nobody but me. He loved me that much, and he loves you that much. It breaks his heart when your heart gets broken. But it sure brings joy to him when he sees you come home. When he sees you come home. I loved in the Billy Graham's funeral, the thing I've heard talked about the most was their daughter, the prodigal of the world-famous preacher, embarrassed her family every way she knew how to embarrass them. But one day she came home. What did he say? Welcome home, prodigal. That's it. He didn't say, well, it's about time you're coming home. I'll tell you one thing. You should have come home a long time. My mother and I told you that. All. No, no, no. Welcome home. Jesus isn't going to slap you around and say, I'm glad you came to your sense. You know what he's going to say? Welcome home, prodigal. Welcome, 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 welcome. So prepare with urgency. Wait with anticipation. Titus 2.13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior. What's his name? Jesus Christ. The final thing. When he comes back, let us be found working, serving, giving, praying, telling other people about Jesus, praising him with our music, spending time in prayer, 
loving our neighbors as ourselves, helping those that cannot help themselves, help those get up on their feet, help those that are in bondage be set free from the powers of sin. Matthew 24, 46 says, Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. Get after it. Pray, serve, give of your time, of your talents, of your substance. If you ever plan to talk to a person about Jesus, somebody you know in your family that you work with, that you run around with in the social circles, and you know they don't know Jesus, if there's ever a time that you need to talk to them, it's right now. It's right now. It's right now. To the Christian, the second coming is going to be a glorious day. And to the lost, it'll be the biggest disappointment and the most horrendous day of your life. Jesus is coming. And you know what the prayer is? Of the New Testament? Even so, come Lord Jesus. The King is coming. The King is coming. Do you know him? Why not? Is there anything that you could give the Lord to excuse the Father and say, this is the reason I didn't accept your son, Jesus. This is what was wrong with your gift to me. You can't blame the church. You can't blame culture. You can't blame anything else. Do you find any fault in Jesus? Do you don't think Jesus loves you? You don't think Jesus has a plan for your life? Do you think that when God made you, he made you junk? No. No. But somehow, because of sin, we all got off track. Now it's time to come home. It's time for God to be crowned King of kings and Lord of lords in your life.